Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition, another episode of the Toogie's Take Podcast. It is us, the guys, the fellas, reunited after a month. I am here alongside Mr. Endo Mills and Mr. Sin for the win, back from the land of the Finns. After over a month, Mm -hmm. we finally got him back. He's taking a nice vacation over here back in california before probably going back to his home sin it is i mean buddy buddy pal of mine it was a month ago we met up in finland now what a weird damn time it is uh i am gonna open like the the floor is yours here to start off this podcast to talk about anything you want finland wise uh, Mm. of course hockey wise because there have been a lot of changes for the sharks you missed all the all the draft stuff you missed the end of the stanley cup uh, you were <laughs> still in the I, I, I actually watched. I, I watched. Yeah, I did watch the last game. Um, not live, but I did get a chance to see it like in repeat. Very happy for the abs, man. What a fucking series that was. Um, and also, it can't be understated just how close the Lightning were to a three-peat. I think that mm. is kind of almost not being forgotten, but like, dude, like they were so close to a three-peat. Like, I still consider them modern day dynasty. Like, they didn't yeah. quite hit true dynasty because they didn't get the three-peat, but they're modern day dynasty for sure. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And like I said, I'll open up the floor. I mean, again, maybe we could hold that off until the next episode because today we're talking about everything free agency wise over the yeah. past two days. We're into day three. We got we'll a whole a lot, <laughs> whole lot to talk about on that front. So we won't have viewer questions, but if Sin doesn't have anything else to add, then hey, we'll open up viewer questions for the next episode uh, on that uh, point. So We'll start off, as always, as we always say, this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped. You can use code Tugi at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Again, it is the code Tugi, T-O-U-G-I-E, at manscaped.com. Your number one destination for all your grooming needs. Hashtag circular deodorant. <laughs> With I don't that, know where it is. Like, Hashtag yeah. I use the lawnmower. <laughs> It's very Turns effective. out, no, no matter what side of the Atlantic you're on, the lawnmower. I actually should have brought it because I ended up staying there for a fucking month. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you I how mean, I maintain, but it, it involves kitchen scissors. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. Good to yeah, have you. It's good to be back. <laughs> good to be back, girl. Oh, good yeah. to be back. Good to see him. Good to you. Good uh, <laughs> the one thing I will say about Finland, and then I want to I want to get to the free range stuff. And if anyone else wants to know a lot more, you can even you can ask for the next time, or probably tune into my channel the first time I do a franchise video, and I'll probably rant about it. But the one thing I will say is I'm having a harder culture shock coming back to the states than I did going to Finland. It was like when you get there, there's a shock, but it's a shock like, oh, this is right. Like, this feels right. This is how society should be. And then you get back to, like, I got back to the States. I was like, oh, it's just so grating to be to be back here. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear one car horn in, like, number one, LOL yeah, traffic? Only early. buses and trams because the culture there in Finland is, it's fucking rude to honk your horn. You don't do it right. unless there's a goddamn emergency or someone's life's at stake. The only people who honked the horns were buses and trams when some when someone like ran out in front like a moron or drove out in front when they weren't supposed to. Mm. So yeah, it's <laughs> as someone from Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> it's like, very interesting. <laughs> Oh, not geez. using your horn imagine <laughs> oh, just a complete difference it's ridiculous yeah definitely mm-hmm. check out sin's channel of course uh sin ftw productions 
on the YouTube side of things. And since I'm intrigued uh, from a more uh, like, hey, one YouTuber to another thing, how difficult you find it to get back into the content making groove? Because I have been home for three weeks now and I'm still yeah. trying to adapt to like being home. <laughs> and you're going to have an even more difficult time. for. Yeah, I, I'm know, extremely motivated. Yeah, I'm extremely motivated because I know that's going to have to be a very, very large part of my income if I do actually, you know, end up moving to Finland uh, to at least for that. I want, you know, I want to at least like nearly be doubling my YouTube output because if I did that, that would essentially, especially with some of the places you can get incredible rents on, that would essentially cover most of the bills like rent and the other stuff like just that. So then you have, you know. And that'll help be able to transition to get some kind of other job and whatever else in esports and whatnot. That, yeah, there you go. He's on the ground. Yeah, everybody. I'm. I'm very motivated, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to get back to, and it's going to be fighting the fucking algorithm, which is going to suck because I haven't posted for a month. <laughs> there you go. So with that, again, today's episode all about NHL free agency. Today is technically day three. Uh, I do want to mention right off the top the top remaining UFAs available because we'll be mentioning them as we go team by team. I will also mention the RFAs on each team as we go through. But as of today, we have still yet to see uh, the top free agent left is Nazem Kadri yet to sign. We'll be mentioning him a lot today. Uh, the other big forwards at this stage, you know, really down down a peg or two. It's Phil Kessel, uh, Paul Stashney, you know, Nita Ryder, Evan Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, Dan Heinen, like that type. Like Kadri is the gem left in this free agent class at the moment defensively it's kind of the same thing you have john klingberg as that big name that's out there still after that it's strawman suban and like keith yandel and then goalie wise the market's already dead so there's not too much left to be decided on the sharks have all the goalies bitches (laughs) (laughs) seriously have like 11 goalies on roster it's crazy it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I actually had a different forward who was on that list. And then uh, in the time it took me to complete the sheet and be ready for us to record, Toronto signed somebody. And I'm very intrigued to hear Endo's yeah. thoughts on that here in a little bit. But let's do it. We are going to go team by team as we always do, because, hey, some teams there's a lot to talk about. Some teams not so much. We'll start off alphabetically. Want to talk about the Anaheim Ducks who have made, uh, you know, quite a few depth signings, but two key forward signings so far. Frankie Vitrano, a three year deal at about three and a half. And then Ryan Strom, a five by five. I like both. You know, I like both of these signings for the Ducks. But as I have noted here for us, gentlemen, they still have 30 million dollars in open cap space, two RFAs, uh, Isaac Lundstrom and Erho Vakanainen, they could easily be in on Kadri and Klingberg. Whether or not they are, though, I think it goes down to kind of the aspirations, and that's kind of the key for, like, your, your Kadri's and Klingberg's at this point. Are you willing to take more money from a team that likely won't be a playoff team for, you know, as as few as, like, Anaheim might be, you know, two, three years away, depending on how their defense core develops? And yeah. then you might have a team like uh, Chicago that could afford them, and you're not going to see the playoffs for five plus years. Yeah, I I really like the situation the Ducks have placed themselves in. This is like this is as close to playing, well, as close to like playing a good form of franchise mode on uh, <laughs> on NHL, right? not not the not the Blackhawks style and <laughs> of uh, or the Vegas style. Uh, you know, just trading for fucking everything. Oh yes, we will. Um, 
Yeah, but Anaheim, it's very smart what they've been doing. They tore everything down. They've gotten good assets. They've drafted well. They're being patient. And now they have a shit ton of cap space when they have Drisdale, Zegris, all really starting to come into their own. That could attract guys like Kadri and Klingberg because, again, Kadri's not that old. What, 30? 29, 30 now, Kadri? You know, I want to say yes, but at the same time, I feel like he's one of those players where it's like he's a deceptive <laughs> age. He is 31. He Fuck! 32 in no, October. he's not. Oh, my 32 God. 32 in October. Isn't that <gasps> great? Wow. 2009 okay. draft. That's, that's madness. And Klingberg probably around the same age. I think a couple years younger, Klingberg. Yeah, I believe he is. I but still, like you're not quite yeah, into 29. that. You're not quite into that full veteran. You can maybe afford to wait a year or two to get into that playoff hockey. And again, if they got... Kadri and Klingberg would be kind of nuts, but if they did get both of them, that put in the Pacific Division, that puts them at least on the bubble. I think, like that Pacific is not looking too good. I don't disagree. Uh, Endo, any thoughts on the Anaheim Ducks? Um, it's very interesting, uh, especially with their prospect development and all that. I think my mic may be really, really, really low. I'm not really sure. Yeah, we'll um, figure it out in post. But yeah, prospect. There we go. Prospect development is uh, looking good for them. It's crazy to see these teams that we wouldn't really think would be contenders or anything have all this room to go and make moves and make things happen. Uh, it, it's like an open playing field right now. Uh, we'll talk about other teams who've made like big moves and big signings, but it just seems like this free agency, a lot of teams are making big step ups and some teams are taking advantage of that completely. And it's going to be very interesting come uh preseason just to see how well these teams are meshing together and what the if we're going to see some people go out of rebuild or like contenders to like switch around so so far so good for anaheim arizona <laughs> the tank is still on uh they did acquire patrick nemeth a 2025 second rounder and a conditional pick where essentially they get to choose if they want a 2024 third rounder or a 2026 second rounder. <laughs> That's weird. You know, That's yeah. Weird... Incredibly bizarre. Like you're literally talking about like, yeah, what what eighth grader? Do, like do you, <laughs> Yeah. Like do you want <laughs> do you want to be scouting a, a high school sophomore or an eighth grader right now? Like that's basically what you're talking about. Um for the Rangers it was more of a cap dump to get rid of Nemeth. Uh they do get back a uh, defensive prospect Ty Emerson in the deal. So honestly, I thought both teams did pretty well there uh the coyotes in terms of other moves though they brought back Foko Amama. uh they bring in nick bjugstad josh brown troy stetcher other depth so obviously no major impact players they have about 28 million dollars in cap space once brian little hits ltir they need to sign lawson kraus and barrett hayton so they as well have room for nazim kadri and john klingberg it's just whether or not they view like okay i can get extra money here but again nowhere near the playoffs and for kadri it might not matter as much you just won the stanley cup yeah i I think arizona is more of a team to just get to the cap floor this season i think they're i think they well they should hold true to the course get to the cap floor because it's the bedard sweepstakes this season like Mm. clearly chicago is trying to make a fucking run for it or or as well I don't even like, yeah, but I don't know. Philadelphia is almost like, I don't even think they have a direction. I don't, I don't, we'll get to that later. But yeah, I don't know if Fletcher knows what the fuck he's doing. Spoiler alert, everybody. He doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Endo, any, any thoughts on Arizona as they continue to set the stage for signing Austin Matthews in the near future? 
Um, I love how that's still like a thing. Like, it won't rent go free, away. rent yeah. free. Like, I don't like give uh, give me all of it. He'll we'll play the one the year Leafs cliches right now. Yeah, someone just someone chirping a Leafs fan about Matthews going to Arizona, and then the Leafs fan saying rent free. That was the most Twitter interaction on the fucking planet right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, every second it's like, oh, he's going to go home. You know, uh, Goudreau could have went home. He went to fucking Columbus. We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, I don't I don't know. Like, It's, it's going to be very interesting. It's uh, as you said, like Chicago is absolutely tanking. But this year, the bottom three teams are guaranteed a top three pick. From what I can remember. And what? really? Yeah, I heard something about that. The bottom three teams are guaranteed a uh, top three pick. I don't think so. You can only move back two now if you're in the yeah. lot, I thought. Yeah. Something like that. They so they're guaranteed to a top the five pick, I think. Top like, five? Your, still, odds, still. your odds are are higher than they've been in recent years. It's still not a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, they're just it seems like they're rewarding the tank. It's it's crazy. Um like, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm I'm not really a fan of like the idea of just like absolutely scorching earth of your franchise to pick up one guy. Because for other teams, they picked up that one guy and it never worked out for them. See Edmonton, like basically almost ruining Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, uh, McDavid's career. <laughs> Imagine Conor McGregor and Edmonton, dude. To tie this together, I shit you not. Uh, I fell asleep the other day, not because the content was boring, but there's a, a lovely MMA channel by the name of MMA on point. Yeah. And they mentioned something about Conor McGregor. And that must have infiltrated my brain because the last thing I remember before waking up was watching a fictional UFC pay-per-view where Brock Lesnar fought Conor McGregor. (laughs) The fight started. They walked to the middle. Lesnar hit him with an overhand right. And that was it. (laughs) And then I woke up. That is a real thing that happened. I want that to happen in real life because let's be honest, that's the UFC at this point. It's nothing but freak shows anyway. Um, yeah, there you go. Two, Cindy, you have a random Conor McGregor reference to make. <laughs> we're two for three so far. No. Good. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't like UFC like at all. There you go. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't like it either. I, I like the sport. I hate the company. Um, I don't Arizona, like the <laughs> staying the course, doing okay. Austin Matthews, $28 million in cap space. Every single penny is going to go to him in the very near future. Boston Bruins. All right. Bruins. Bruins. Oh. <laughs> so, aside from some uh, depth signings, including, um, you know, I'll, I'll call him friend of the channel, AJ Greer. Played some, played some versus against AJ on stream once upon a time. Uh, cool that he's now a Bruin. They signed workout fiend Connor Carrick. Um, aside from that, no major free agent signings, but they did acquire Pavel Zaka from the New Jersey Devils in a one-for-one trade with Eric Halla. Uh, and the way, that I've summed, <laughs> the way that I've summed this up is you kind of know what you're going to get with Eric Halla, whereas Pavel Zaka is the type of guy where it's like, okay, a change in scenery might be exactly what he needs to kind of hit that consistent peak. So we know what Halla is. Zaka has the higher ceiling. I don't know what they're going to pay him because he's an RFA, and when you acquire an RFA, you throw away a lot of your negotiating power. They have $5 million to sign him. And at the same time, Patrice Bergeron has not yet signed a new contract, and they have been apparently talking with David Krejci 
$5 million to sign those three players, Screams, Bergeron, and Krejci, signing Jason Spezza-like minimum contracts to try to make this happen and to give them wiggle room potentially at the deadline. Uh, the Bruins have injuries that they're going to have uh, carry over to the start of the season. I'd say most notably Brad Marchand. Um, mm. I don't hate the Zaka acquisition, but at this stage, if you don't bring back Bergeron and I mean, especially Bergeron, but Bergeron and Krejci, uh, I don't know if they make the playoffs because the Atlantic <laughs> Detroit and Ottawa have gotten significantly better in just the past week and a half. Like we thought so, it was a meat grinder before <laughs> it's Ottawa making the moves that they made is yeah. Yeah. And I don't like the optics of the Bruins needing a 36-year-old Patrice Bergeron. It, he turns 37 in nine days. Uh, and David Krejci turns... Uh, he turned 36 in April. And you're talking yeah. about those needing to be the moves to kind of really put it together for Boston? Those aren't the best optics at all. Uh I mean, it's in, Endo, Endo especially, I mean, God, you for a fellow Atlantic Division team, like I know you have uh, similar concerns uh, that I do, obviously with the teams in the Atlantic getting a bit better. Yeah, uh, I, I think we I mentioned this before, and I said that you're, you're basically, your franchise right now kind of hinges on the fact that you need to fit two guys, possibly. You're running around uh, trying to grab two centers uh, who are like old as shit. And by NHL right. standards, because the game's getting younger, the game's getting faster. They, they can still compete, but probably at the same level, I'm not really sure. Uh, it's going to be really interesting for you guys to see what's going to go on there. And honestly, I'm I'm all for it. If they get them and they turn uh, the clock back a little bit and they keep going the way that they, they've been, it'll be awesome. But at the same time, it'll suck to see, uh, you know, incompetence for management and wanting to chase old bones to kind of keep that old tactic tactic together it reminds me of um a little bit of the detroit red wings when they were trying to keep the streak alive and they kept bringing mm. in like older names and older players it's like yeah. no we, we we're, we're doing all right we have no prospects but look we yeah, got we, this guy we signed justin abdicator and danny de kaiser to big money to keep the streak going that's actually a really fair and incredibly depressing comparison and uh, well yeah well, <laughs> well yeah. leave it at that yes and that was something else you didn't get to talk about on the pod was don sweeney's contract extension which and uh bruce Whoa. cassidy we we saw the news of bruce cassidy being hired in vegas when uh when i was in finland which yeah uh, yeah yeah oh well, yeah, yeah no fun times uh, we'll talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, their moves so far here in free agency, they signed goaltender Eric Comrie, two-year deal with just under $2 million, uh, kind of banking on him to improve a little bit. You know, they lost Dustin Tokarski, so why not? Uh, they signed Ilya Labushkin, Leafs legend, two years, just under $3 million. Kept Victor Olofsson for two years at just under five, which is pricey, but they can afford to do it. And they also signed some other depth. That leaves them with $25 million in cap space after Ben Bishop's LTIR would kick in. That's right. Again, the Sabres have Ben Bishop's dead contract. Um, easily, they could be in on the top guys. And I mean, I don't know about you, 
But Nazem Kadri going to Buffalo and being so close to Toronto and that media circus and doing well in Buffalo, please. That'd be fun. I would like I that. I would love that. And you know what? Buffalo is not in too bad a shape. I mean, they, they're still Buffalo. But yeah. again, it's really looking like they, they made a really, really good trade when they shipped out Eichel. Tuck Funny has been how that good. works, huh? Yeah, yeah. Tuck is like, they, they really did a good job of recreating that gap in the aggregate. And yeah, if they get a name like Kadri, again, it's Krebs, right? What? Yeah. You have to get yeah. Weird. I had a weird, yeah. Peyton Krebs, I think, you know, at this point, he's definitely looking like 2C material at least. Oh, you mean, you mean it's difficult to keep track of all the prospects Vegas have gotten rid of? <laughs> Vegas high rollers. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. I know. Uh, um, if, if you look at the math of what Vegas gave up to get Eichel, technically, now that they've gotten rid of Patch already, essentially, to keep him, to get him and keep him. Now, it's essentially they sacrificed Suzuki, Krebs, Tuck, multiple firsts, multiple seconds, like even yeah. crazy. Shiny new toy. Honestly, yeah. it's one of those things, and I'll let Endo uh, speak on this in a second. It's one of those things where Vegas, right? We look back at the Pacioretty trade. Should Mark Bergevin have traded Max Pacioretty? No, but he did very well in the deal. That's my opinion, at least. I think Montreal should have kept Pacioretty because he's a hell of a player. Uh, at the same time, did they do great in the return? Yes. Same thing for Buffalo. The idea of tra uh, trading Jack Eichel, stupid? Yes, but the return they got is incredible what is the common factor in those two trades fucking vegas unbelievable I'll, I'll leave it at that we'll talk about vegas again a little bit more uh really when carolina comes up here in a second but yeah endo any any thoughts on buffalo <laughs> what might happen here um i'm interested in the goalie situation too uh what you said they brought in, they brought in comrie um, I know they signed uh, Malcolm Subban to like a small extension. Yeah, but, Craig like, Anderson, Uko Pekalukinen, all four yep. of them are under contract. <laughs> yeah, so it, I think it just might be a carousel to figure out who's going to be their guy because I think they're going to probably be in a weird situation where they probably are in the looking to grab of like a top pick this uh, this coming yeah. year. So not, not I think for the first quarter of the season, they're going to play like a playoff team and then fall off a cliff. As they oh, do. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still have Buffalo as like the I have Montreal right now as the worst team in the Atlantic. I think that's that's fair. And then I have yeah. the problem is I have Buffalo in that second spot. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're shit. It's just the teams mm -hmm. around them like that. That Atlantic division is fucking absurd. Gross. At this point. Yeah, it's gross. the best way to put it. Uh, we'll head out west really quickly. The Calgary Flames. Wow. Yep. Yep, there you go. That's okay. Carolina. Uh, <laughs> Calgary, they've kept Nikita Zadorov and Trevor Lewis. They've brought in a lot of depth, but they have lost Johnny Goodrow, mm -hmm. Callie Arncroke today, and most importantly, Erica Branson. They have $18 million in cap space right now, maybe closer to $25 million if Sean Monahan is LTIR next season. But $18 million right now as it stands to sign Oliver Shillington, Andrew Mangiapane, and Matthew Kachuk. He's still RFA or is he you now? Uh, all three of those guys are RFAs. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. I cannot imagine them being able to be in on Kadri, Klingberg, or a big RFA like Patrick Line when you have those three guys unsigned and only $18 million to work with. Yep. Kachuk's getting eight or nine, like for yeah. sure. Like there's Easy. no way he gets less than that. Look, he, he, he was smart. He waited. No, you know, Josh Norris got eight. Kachuk's like fucking nine at least, dude. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the season he had. Yeah, that was a kind of big talking point of some of the dudes that signed early, kind of mm-hmm. opening up that door of, of more money-making potential for the remaining RFAs, for sure. Yeah. Um, Calgary, you, you look great this year. You make the playoffs, but you lose to Edmonton in the Battle of Alberta, and I think that is going to be a heavy regret for a long, long time. Because yep. this roster, all of a sudden, I loved it. We've, we praised Daryl Sutter all season long. This roster, all of a sudden, yikes, is the best way. Yeah, it's kind of crazy out. It's it's not just like it's not that Goudreau was like the glue. It's just they didn't have an incredible amount of scoring depth. So when you lose a first liner like Goudreau and everyone has to shift, all of a sudden you're fucked. Like that's how it was with the Sharks when they Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, Pavelski, okay, we'll get King, but yeah, you didn't. No, yeah, you didn't have the depth at all. I was going to say the Sharks comparison's great because, you know, we, we did see that for the longest time with them where it's like, all right, next man up. But they were so good for so long. Not the Calgary's in that same like contender status this time, but you're so good for so long that the next man up, it gets thinner and thinner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's at the point where it's like, all right, Calgary, your next man up are role players like Trevor Lewis and Brett Ritchie. Yeah. And okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, completely understand the, the negativity and the pessimism surrounding the flames fan base right now because this is it's it's tough to watch from the outside yeah. looking in like that is a team that had hopes where it's just like what even are they next season which is rough because that's where they were last season when we were debating if they were going to trade johnny goodrow who was a pending ufa yep the carolina hurricanes fuck's sake they acquire Defenseman Brent Burns, uh, 34% retained salary, equates to $2.72 million held on by the Sharks. So it's Brent Burns on $5.3 million, essentially. And Lane Peterson, depth player, in exchange for Stephen Lawrence, Etu Amakaniemi, and a third-round pick in 2023. It's conditional. I don't know the condition on it. but I know uh, They get the higher of the two third-round picks. So it is a third round pick regardless. Okay. Um, you know, for Carolina, you didn't have to give up much to get Brent Burns. And unfortunately, like I, I see the issue from the Sharks perspective of that's all we got for Brent Burns. But at the same time, it is what a 38 year old making over 5 million. 37. But yeah. If you are the Sharks, you needed to just, you needed something. A big it contract. Needed to happen. Imagine what the hell you'd have to give up to get rid of Mark Edward Vlasic. You know, it's like Brent Burns was more likely. He was the one to move in that scenario. He was the only one you could move. And with the yeah. new GM, mm-hmm. you knew a big move was going to come. I'm not happy with the return. But again, I think this really hinges on if Makaniemi is actually what he did in Chicago or if he can sort of replicate that over a longer and the Chicago Wolves, I mean, uh, if he can yeah. sort of replicate that over a longer period of time, because it was a great sample size, but it's very, very small, like a 20 game sample size of like a 922 save percentage and a 209 goals against in the playoffs or something like that. Promising. But again, I, I 
goalies. Goalies are voodoo. We know that. And you never fucking know when one's going to be good or when one's going to be not. So if that's the big wild card for me and the draft pick is a third, I, I, the thing with me, it's like you retained yeah. that retention needs to be worth more. I understand the term is three years, but you heard it from Robert. You hear it from everyone. You hear it from the Sharks year after year. The man just came off another 55 point season, 50 plus points on the on the blue line, which is great. And if he's that old, he's a fitness guru, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be solid for at least two out of these three years. In my opinion, you that retention you needed to you needed to get more off that retention. I understand that maybe they they pushed with the cap dump shit. But yeah, Waddell, what a fucking offseason for him. And it gets better as Carolina acquires Max Pacioretty and not a throwaway piece, in my opinion, Dylan Coughlin. I, I think he could be a, a third pair guy at the NHL level from the Vegas Golden Knights for the Mark Andre Fleury special. Fucking nothing. Future considerations. This trade obviously screams more about uh, it's more about Vegas's absurdity mm-hmm. than it is uh, necessarily about Carolina. But at the same time, Carolina were the ones to get this deal done. Uh, how many other teams that could have should have been on Max in on Max Patch already weren't and allowed Carolina to get this deal done? Ridiculous. And then they also brought in Andre Kasha on a cheap deal, leaves him with four million dollars, potentially eight if Jake Gardner's back on LTIR to sign Martin Natchez and Ethan Bear. So they're not going to be in on big names. I don't know if four million will be enough to bring in Natchez and Bear. It should be. Um, like they're, they're pretty much done in terms of big changes and uh, yeah. LOL. They're pretty much done after bringing in Max Pacioretty and Brent Burns to an already solid team. Sick. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. I'm going to like seeing Brent Burns next to probably Slavin. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, Brent Burns is going to be firing that fucking fuck at the net a lot. Like I would have liked to see him go to Dallas more simply because Imagine the deflections. <laughs> <laughs> and especially after Klingberg, Klingberg departed too. But yeah, I would have loved to see Burns and Pabs reunited, but he's still, he's in a great situation. Either way, he would have loved Carolina or Texas with his fucking, <laughs> his lifestyle, I'll say. <laughs> oh man. Endo as a, a, a you know a fellow fan of an eastern conference team where there are realistic matchups against carolina every single postseason this fucking sucks a lot yeah carolina's getting good um there's been a lot of good management on their part uh this move with picking up patch and coglin that's a that's a gift that yeah. is something else like for for nothing essentially it's yeah. hilarious that patch got traded for nothing like Oh, like the, they to bring him over there was like a whole bunch of players and like picks, and then you get sent off for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they say, the house always wins, but holy shit, he was this their is best bad. player, like Vegas's best goal scorer. Yeah, I don't fucking and and then uh, they struggled to score goals at the end of the season. Anyway, we'll get to them, but I, I can't help but just continue to pick away at them because i've been fucking saying this for years and finally it's happening and no one believed me y'all laughed at me y'all laughed at me all right anyway the chicago hockey team boo skip Vito, get out of this 
They signed Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiu to matching one-year, $3 million per deals. They also brought in Leafs legend Colin Blackwell and some other depth. They have $10.5 million in cap space with Kurashev and Caleb Jones to sign as RFAs. Notice how Anaheim has $30 million, but Chicago only has $10.5 million. Uh, that is, of course, because of the, well, you had $1.2 million in buyouts from Connolly and Borgstrom, now a $5.5 million recapture penalty from Duncan Keith. Uh, you picked up Peter Mrazek's $3.8 million. You're paying Seth Jones $9.5 million. Um, you know, tanking, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Obviously, the way that they went about the tank, uh, Sin hasn't gotten to talk about the Alex DeBrinkett trade yet. Uh, this is a team that's looking to suck. And uh, aside from a passionate fan base, yeah, they suck in, bas- in basically every way imaginable. That's yep, how yep. I'd put it at this point. There's no better way to start a rebuild by trading a 24-year-old and a 21-year-old. Congrats, Chicago. A 24-year-old who handled the media better than our amazing leadership of mm-hmm. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, whose initial reaction was to defend their GM. And, you know, Duncan Keith, Hall of Fame career on the ice, but uh, what great leadership he showed by refusing to uh, be questioned in the investigation. <laughs> He's fucking... <laughs> I always say uh... it. I don't have anything against Chicago fans. It's got nothing to do with 2013. That fan base is fucking incredible. That organization is fucking rotten throughout like it's just yeah. it, it's from the inside out that organization's fucking rotten and i will feel that way until there's an ownership change until there's a branding change it's a bad apple fucking tree there every yeah. single apple is bad and you traded the good ones yeah again uh, i said it for almost this entire year debrinkett should have been the new captain of that yeah. team and I they fucking traded yeah it's disgusting good for ottawa though because oh you and got a winner got even better plus they traded um, his ass when he just had a little baby too not that that i don't know it's i'm, I'm probably just looking for things to chirp him about but yeah that's fuck it do it man, man just had an infant like i understand yeah it's you know, think of the money ball thing it's like whatever they're professional players they can handle this but yeah man just had an infant <laughs> chicago can kick rocks do we leave it at that him. yeah i think we'd leave it at that yep the Colorado Chicago Avalanche. can kick Rocky Wurtz is all right. All right. Please go. He's back, everybody. Please Did you clap. Please clap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche have re-signed Stanley Cup hero Arturi Lekin in five years of four and a half. Nifty little contract. He's earned that. Darren Helm back on a pretty cheap deal. And Josh Manson, four years, four and a half million is my initial response. I don't understand this one at all. It doesn't make sense analytically. Like, and it doesn't make sense. I test. This is the one that kicks off our consistent theme of the day of are you big? Do you play physical? Have money. Oh, you're right handed too. have even more money. Mm. That is the theme. Uh, and Josh Manson is one of numerous defenders who was who was significantly overpaid, in my opinion. Uh, and that could come back to uh, haunt Colorado because they're paying a lot of money now on yeah. the defensive side of things. And I'll actually get that exact number up because I was pretty surprised at this. Uh, obviously, nine million from a car, six million for Eric Johnson, five million for Sam Girard, four and a half John Manson, four point one Devon Taves. 
that's five guys making north of four. You yes. shouldn't have that. That should not be a thing. And you're def- only four guys max making north of four like that. Mm. It's pretty pricey and their forward depth is going to be interesting to see how they fill that out. Yeah. Um, elsewhere for Colorado, though, I mean, they signed some of the depth options. Four million dollars in open space. So not in for Nazem Kadri unless they move somebody. And I don't think it's worth it because McKinnon is coming up on the final year of his deal. So a big money move for Kadri is going to be risky for McKinnon. A reminder, Nathan McKinnon is currently making $6.3 million. He's about to double that. He should. Yeah, absolutely. When is Eric Johnson's contract up? At Why the is end of this six? upcoming year. Okay. At the okay. end of this that's, upcoming year. Yeah, so I that's th- where a lot of them. I figured it had to be coming. Yeah. I figured it had to be coming up soon. Yeah. And I, based off of how he was such at the forefront of a lot of the media after the fact, I don't see him moving this year. Uh, no. It's pretty clear. He's like the big locker room guy there. Mm-hmm. He was the longest serving member of that team. Um, yeah, I don't see him going anywhere. So Colorado, again, a lot of their business is likely done. Um, but, you know, they, they do lose pieces. They lose Kadri. They lose Burakovsky. Uh, and then, you know, probably overpay to keep Josh Manson. I, I don't know. Like, Colorado's still going to be a damn good team next year. But, like, if, if someone's like, yeah, they're my number one choice to win the cup next year. I I don't know. I don't know, man. Georgie Evan goal now. Again, that forward depth took a pretty damn big hit. I mean, yeah, again, you kept Nachushkin and Lekkinen on pretty good deals, but I don't know. I, I'm intrigued to see how they fill out that roster and what it looks like on opening night. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think you just got to get some depth with that remaining money. I don't know. Like, you might just take some swings on some weird ones, but yeah. Uh, whatever, if they won the cup. So, honestly... I, yeah, I would I, I, I take that shit fucking win the cup I don't care if the, if the team sucks the next year I would not at all no Mills any thoughts on Colorado or do we move on to maybe the most interesting team to talk about at least in my opinion the silence speaks volumes all right cool. I, I don't know I, I don't know what hey, you don't, talk about besides you don't like, have you know, to have an opinion on every team it's cool <laughs> you know what I I feel like I should because I am on this I'm an active member I am a, I'm a contributor I'm a patriot um I'm a I'm hero just, I'm, a, I'm a man I'm a bird I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a walrus <laughs> ah uh no I I don't know. I don't know why they got rid of their goalie. I don't know why they got rid of Kemper because they didn't want to pay him. I guess, but yeah, yeah that's the one thing I'm kind of upset with. Like I know he didn't play as great as he should have uh, in the playoffs, but you, I, I don't know how I feel about getting rid of a goaltender. Um, if they did okay ish, it wasn't terrible, right? He didn't even get a crap load of money from Washington, but we'll. Uh talk that towards the end of the show um, right yeah no I, I i don't disagree there's been some interesting moves joe sackick isn't even the gm anymore he moved up to uh president of hockey ops so oh yeah it's just a promotion uh, that, way they, that way they could keep uh assistant coach or assistant gm chris mcfarlane who uh, a lot of people were starting to talk to and wanted to bring over so mm-hmm. a lot of changes for the abs but they won the cup who gives a shit the columbus blue jackets Signed some guy named Johnny Goodrow for seven years at 975 per the biggest free agent signing in organization history. There you go. And gigantic, given the fact that everyone's like, oh, he's probably going to go to Philly or New Jersey. 
They also signed arguably <sighs> the worst contract mm-hmm. at face value and when you look further into it by signing Eric Goodbranson. Four years, four million. Remember what I, I said under- about yeah. big and physical? Overpaid. It's still a trend. But what makes the good Branson deal worse is they now have $3.1 million in cap space with two RFAs, Emil Bemstrom and Patrick fucking Line. What are you doing giving Eric good Branson $4 million when you have $7 million in cap space and still need to sign Patrick Line? I don't if understand. Line A does not get traded or offer sheeted, then you know that the GMs are all buddy buddy because someone needs to make Yarmo Kekaline and pay for this. Mm-hmm. Do not let him off the hook on this. Patrick Line A is right now out there almost free for the goddamn taking. Again, the Goodrow deal, amazing for the team, the fans in Columbus, but holy shit, like I, I don't understand it. Like what is this good Branson signing when you already have a good amount of young defenders on that team? You fucking rob Chicago of Adam Boakvist. You just drafted David Yerasek and fucking, I can't, the other guy's name's escaping my mind right now. And they just signed him uh, today or yesterday as well. Blue Jackets fans are yelling at me. I can't find the guy's name. Denton Matejuk. Um yeah, for as much of a positive as it is for Columbus, I, I genuinely don't understand Yarmo Kekalainen's move to not prioritize Patrick Laine after signing Johnny Goodrow. It, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it's weird. That's Worst all I got to say. Yeah, that's, it, it's, that's terrible asset management, in my opinion. And again, they don't have a ton of money to do much, let alone sign Patrick Laine for $3.1 million. So... Uh, we'll talk about potential destinations for Line A uh, coming up because there are teams that really could use someone like him, and he gets thrown into the mix now just as much as an Asim Kadri does for a team that could use a high-end forward because Patrick Line is still a high-end forward. Uh, he might not be, you know, uh, the the Matthews versus Line A debate might be dead in the water, but uh, Patrick Line is still a fucking damn good player in Columbus. I think just got eyes for Johnny Goodrow and kind of uh, just decided to ignore Patrick and they might very much regret that. Uh, The Dallas stars did not go for Brent Burns. They did go for defenseman Colin Miller two year deal at 185, which is solid. And then they swung for the fences, picking up forward from the Florida Panthers, Mason Marchment on a four year deal worth 4.5 million per it's an extra million than i would have paid but good for him yeah so marchman 27 years old coming off of the best year of his career obviously with florida 47 points in 54 games you are banking a lot on him being able to maintain that pace and i mean if you're wrong like that screams like, oh, you're wrong. Here's here's your Matt Bolesky. Sorry <laughs> to bring that up, Bruins fans, but that's that's what it screams to me, at least. And it leaves them with eleven and a half million dollars to sign Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger. So they're they have no room to really go all in on a big free agent. 
Like Mason Marchment was their big free agent. And now get those RFA signings done. You might yep. get a, a couple of the cheap pieces here and there, but that's about it. Um, I I respect the boldness to be like Mason Marchment's our guy, but that is one of one of the biggest like boom or bust signings of this window. It really is. It's again, he, he looked great, but also like the quality of competition he would have been going up against where he was playing on that roster. Hmm. Uh, you're yeah. Like you said, you're banking a lot. The hope he, he gets there. This isn't a guy who's going to grow in, you know, develop more. He's 27. Like he's right in his prime. Like this is the height of his hockey paying him four and a half million. You need 50 points a season. Uh, these last, next four seasons to really make that worth it. Like, yeah. And Man. in that Dallas system, I, I mean, don't know. New head coach with Pete DeBoer. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it really that new? Yeah. Here's our we, new we, system. We, we have the old system. yeah. We have we have we have a Rick bonus at home. Rick bonus at home is Pete DeBoer. <laughs> oh. uh, so Dallas, interesting is the best way to put it. And then there's Detroit and the Iser plan. They went on a spending spree and a half. They brought in some depth, but at the same time, they brought in former member of the Chicago hockey team, Dominic Kubalik, two years at two and a half million. Defenseman Ole Mata for one year at two and a quarter. Andrew Kopp, five years of 5.6 million to be their 2C. David Perron, two years at 4.75, which is a fucking steal. Yep. Uh, elite third pairing defenseman Mark Pissick at 850K for this upcoming year, which is ridiculous. I don't know how he did that. <laughs> All of those signings make a lot of sense. Yeah. And then there's uh, one that fucking doesn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ben Sherratt, four years at 4.75 million. Are you big and do you play physical? If I could skate, I'd be a fucking millionaire. <laughs> all you gotta do is just run around and hit people like a madman if you're big and someone will pay you a shitload of money in the nhl i missed out i could have been He's a been. fucking millionaire you messed up <laughs> on the scouting as well man when we played floorball you almost got taken out by that dutchman so <laughs> it's true i tried to be nice i can't hit him with the the back at you x-factor yeah. not five <laughs> seconds into our first game god damn it <laughs> well yeah 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 Tuki, Tuki got uh he got deported from Finland. Why? He reverse checked the Dutchman five seconds into a floorball game. The man's a fucking scientist or some shit. Wait, what? Yeah, we yeah, played we... floorball with like molecular scientists. Like they fucking <laughs> doctors. They were all smart as shit. Ridiculous. Oh. And there's these two fucking Americans who are like, yeah, let's 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 do that hockey. It was a fun time. Um, Detroit, man. Like I said, all those other signings amazing. Trust the eyes are playing, but Ben Sherratt, like it defies all logic. It really does. Like how, how did you have to pay Ben Sherratt that much money to secure him? Yeah. I, I want Ben, I want Ben Sherratt's agent. It's the right handed D thing. It's the right shot D thing where they're in such a high demand always. And then there's that just, everyone loves a physical defenseman. Like I guess, but is he even right handed. He might be a lefty. I thought Sherratt was right handed. If he if he's a left-handed fucking lefty, he would have gotten it's seven even if he worse. was a righty. <laughs> it's even worse. Seven. Fuck. Who am like, I thinking uh, of? Who's a righty? Is it Petrie? Um, no, even he's a lefty. Branson's a righty. 
Oh, I know that, but I, I was thinking of someone else who was on Montreal. Wasn't Sherrod on Montreal, or am I just yeah. completely off? He was on Montreal okay. and got traded to Florida at the deadline. Is Petrie a fucking righty? Who am I thinking of on that team? Joao Armia. He's a forward. He's a forward. Sit there and eat your popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating Dippin' Dots now. The Hershey Dots are oh. pretty good. All right, there Fuck. you go. You, you move be, on. I'm going to check Petrie's $5, Hershey. Uh, so Detroit now has $10 million. Yeah, he's a righty. Petrie's a righty. Okay. No wonder why he's making almost $7 million. Detroit has $10 million <laughs> in cap space, potentially more if Robbie Fabry's LTIR. Uh, they only have to sign Zadina and Wallman. Uh, they do have a log jam at center, though. So, like, Nazem Kadri might not be the best fit. But $10 million. They managed to sign some damn good contracts and bench rot to one of the worst deals of this free agency period. And they still have $10 million in space. So... Like I said, trust the Iser plan, but that's that's the first real head scratcher from Stevie in a long, long time. Where I'm like, I I just like, I don't see it aside from big and physical and character. But you don't have to pay almost five million a season for that. Yeah. So interesting times for Detroit, but again, like we were saying with Endo, um, they're better. I don't know if they're necessarily playoff team yet. I still probably have Ottawa ahead of them. But, man, they're not that far off. And I, I don't think Leafs fans have anything to worry about. It's more so Bruins fans where we're just like, oh, fuck, Detroit's getting better. We have these issues. But then again, for Toronto, I mean, they're risking it, but they're goaltending, as we'll get to. So there's not as much wiggle room to slip up. And the Bruins have slipped up. The Leafs have had a tendency to slip up. Um, as we'll, uh, yeah, we'll march on here. Or... All right, everybody. So a quick little break to the regularly scheduled programming. Unfortunately, as it would turn out, Sin back from Finland and we end up having some audio uh, technical issues for this kind of middle section of the podcast. So for these next few teams, I'm just going to kind of recap what we talked about and kind of give our general opinions on it. So we start off there. You just heard about the Edmonton Oilers. We start off with the Florida Panthers terms of the moves they've made Rudolph Balsers Nick Cousins Mark Stahl some other depth they are currently about three million over the cap with no obvious LTIR candidate yes someone like Anthony Duclair is going to miss the start of the season but not all of it so it still seems like there is a move or two to come for the Panthers as they kind of look to get back after again what was an incredible regular season but a very very disappointing postseason so not too much to discuss there you know, time will tell. And it's the same story here for the LA Kings as well. Like they kept Brendan Lemieux on a one-year deal worth $1.35 million, but that leaves him with 2.3 to sign RFAs, Gabe Velarde, Mikey Anderson, and Sean Dersey. There's no way. I, I simply can't imagine $2.3 million being enough. So that's another team where we are looking at a trade here, most likely in the very near future, between those two teams to sort out their cap situations. The Minnesota Wild? Nothing to talk about. $4.3 million in space after signing a bunch of depth. They do still have room for those secondary type of options that are out there on the market, but it's fairly obvious the Suter and Parise buyouts are still really, really hurting the Minnesota Wild. Montreal, same story. Not much to talk about. A whole lot of depth, but they're basically at the cap ceiling, and they still need to sign Kirby Doc. Maybe Jonathan Drouin stays on LTIR to open up cap space. Maybe Carey Price sits out again, but if not, they're another team that needs to make a move. So there really wasn't too much discussion here with these teams uh, on the pod when I was here with, with San and Endo. But then that brings us to Nashville. And so far, they've only signed depth. 
leaves him with $9.2 million in space to sign John Lennon and Yakov Trenin. That obviously won't take up that much of that cap. So they, 100 million billion gajillion percent, need to be in on Nazem Kadri or a top-line RFA like Patrick Laine. Uh, there's zero excuse, and it's what they're missing. Again, goaltending with UC Soros, the backups, we'll see kind of how that works out now with Kevin Lankinen and probably still Connor Ingram. Defensively, no team in the league can match the left side depth that they have with Yossi Ekholm and now Ryan McDonough. It's unbelievable. They just need that bit of offensive firepower to add to the likes of what we saw from Matt Duchesne. Of course, they kept Philip Forsberg. So Preds fans, that is what you need to hope to see your team do if you really want to kind of secure a playoff spot next year. I think they can make it anyway, but then I think they could really surprise if they add a piece of that caliber. And then it's interesting because this re-record is taking place uh, the next day. We recorded this on Friday the 15th. It's now Saturday the 16th. And as we talk about the New Jersey Devils, well, something new just popped up. Uh, Number one, we already talked about the Eric Halla trade, but that is now not the only trade that the New Jersey Devils have made as they have acquired defender John Marino from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Ty Smith and a 2023 third round pick really interesting spot here the devils get the better of the two players right now there's no doubt about that john marino you know who's making i think 4.4 against the cap he's in i think year two of six of a new contract extension uh john marino is the better of the two players right now he is a pure defensive defenseman and for the devils i i really do like that addition Because Ty Smith, unfortunately, I think, you know, the Devils' defensive situation has really changed rapidly, um, where Ty Smith was almost kind of desperately needed to play minutes and be put into a position that he just couldn't succeed in at the moment. He needed that bit of extra development time, and the Devils couldn't really give it to him. So now you have a situation where, again, the Devils are better right now with John Marino than Ty Smith. But Ty Smith is still, I believe, 22 years old, and the Penguins could give him that little bit of extra time to develop that he could really need to reach his, you know, his true potential as, if I am not mistaken, I don't remember uh, where within the first round he was, but, yeah, I mean, Ty Smith, former first round pick, I think it was like 16th or 17th overall, something like that. He was a, he was a late teens pick. That's all I remember. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly. But, yeah, that's a very, very interesting trade. And as we uh, you'll hear us talk about in a minute uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, actually, I was going to talk about them anyway. Um, one of the things we were going to talk about with them is that they were over the cap by about 200K with Kasperi Kapanen being an RFA. So we were literally saying, and I have it right here on our script, more than likely a defender was going to be moved. Marino and Pedersen's names were out there and Marino does get moved. So for New Jersey, I, I like this deal a lot. You know, they didn't land Johnny Goodrow, but they did also land Andre Palat, five-year deal, $6 million, uh, per season. They landed some depth as well. And now I believe they have about 12, 11 to $12 million in cap space, maybe a bit more if Jonathan Bernier is on LTIR. And that leaves them room to sign Jesper Bratt, Miles Wood, Boakfist, and Vitek Vanacek as well. So they still have a little bit of money perhaps as, you know, in play even after the Marino pickup to go out and get somebody. So 
I really do like what New Jersey's done so far this offseason, despite not securing Johnny Goodrow. And that kind of transitions us into talking about the New York Islanders, who haven't secured anybody. Uh, literally nothing. As of the time of uh, recording this, they have $11.2 million to sign Dobson, Romanoff, and Keeper Bellows. They didn't land Johnny Goodrow. The bulk of our conversation was, hey, no disrespect to a Hall of Famer, someone who has literally changed the game of hockey. Lou Lamarillo needs to go. Like, I'm sorry. This is this is inexcusable for the New York Islanders. Like, you know, I get it. Last season, yes, some of their struggles significantly chalked up to the arena not being done at the start of the year and then being on a massive road trip. But that roster obviously has some holes that they need to fix. Barry Trotz is now gone, which is also a scary proposition still from the outside looking in. Uh, the Islanders are, are in a pretty rough spot here, all things considered. The Rangers, well, we talked about the Emerson Nemeth trade. They signed Vinny Trocek to replace Ryan Strom seven years at $5.625 million, which I like Vinny Trocek. I would have liked him on Boston, not for that price, not for that term. Someone who had a major, major, uh, we'll go with a lower body injury. I believe it was a knee uh, not all that long ago. Yaroslav Halakin is a backup, which he certainly looks past his prime. Ryan Carpenter, some other depth. It leaves him with about $4.8 million to sign Capo Caco, which they'll be able to do. But then how much more are you going to be able to bring in? And talking about the Rangers, again, I look at that roster and I'm sorry, but there's there's some severe depth issues. Like they have their star players and their core intact, Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, Adam Fox on defense. That you know the best goalie in the league right now. I mean, you could still probably mention Vasilevsky over Shesterkin, but end of the day, I still put the Rangers in like that second tier of like, yes, you could win a Stanley Cup, but you are not in my favorite category to win the Stanley Cup because that just the depth issues that they have on their roster right now. And again, 4.8 million and needing to sign Capo Caco. I don't know how much more money they're going to have to play with Ottawa. I'm very upset that, um, that, that the conversation over these next two teams uh, was lost, but Ottawa, I mean, they traded Connor Brown to Washington for a second. Eh, it would have been nice if you could have kept him. Definitely, because he, he was under four million bucks and it actually puts Washington into a weird cap situation, which we talk about later on the show. But it leaves them, obviously, with eleven point six million dollars uh, to sign Alex Formanton, Matthew Joseph and Eric Brandstrom. So a decent amount of that money will go uh, to those three players. They have about five million in dead cap between, uh, you know, buyouts and retained salary. But the big news is Claude Giroux is there. They bring back Josh Norris now. You know, Sin as well, all of us kind of agreed. Like, yeah, it's a bit of an overpayment for Josh Norris, but you are paying him for what he's going to become rather than what he is now. It's a little bit surprising that there wasn't a bridge deal there was one of Sin's big points, and I can't help but agree with him on that. But there's no denying, you know, you, you don't need to hear it from me to be like, oh, yeah, no, I guess, yeah, I guess that is the case. The Ottawa Senators are really, really pushing uh, for a playoff spot this upcoming season and the best thing i can kind of do here is kind of go to their uh current depth chart on cap friendly which lists their top six forwards as this kachuk norris Giroux, debrinket stutzla batherson that is dynamite that is so so good so ottawa looking all right that defense still has some questions they acquired cam talbot but no doubt they are a better team. There were people wondering if they were going to push for a playoff spot next year before these big moves. And certainly now the hype train uh, is ready to leave the station. But 
we'll see what happens. That Atlantic division is a bit of a nightmare. The only team that you can really say for sure isn't going to make the playoffs is Montreal. Um, and if they do, then my God, let's never bet on who's going to uh, make the playoffs ever again, because it's just totally, totally unpredictable. But Ottawa, A plus offseason so far. And the other end of the spectrum with an F grade for me is the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers fans, I'll keep this brief. Nick Delorier, four years, 175 million, no trade clauses included. They bring back Justin Braun, some other depth. They have about 700, uh, actually a little bit less now than 700K because they did sign Morgan Frost, but McHugh and Tippett are still RFAs. Uh, no vision. That was the way we summed up our conversation surrounding the Philadelphia Flyers. There is no vision. There's no direction for this team. The best you could say is they're intentionally tanking, but they're not doing it well. Chuck Fletcher needs to go. Uh, you know, if I look through the full list of GMs, that I, you know, who's the list of who I'd like to have the most lead my favorite team and who's at the bottom. You know, I've, I've had my critiques of Don Sweeney, but it could always be worse as long as Chuck Fletcher is an NHL GM Flyers fans. I'm, I'm sorry. Like legitimately, I'm sorry. This is a team that I thought two, three years ago really could start to make a push for a cup. And this team has been gutted and it's only going to get worse from here i mean you can you can say or only say that it's going to get worse until chuck fletcher's gone brutal absolutely brutal maybe a year from now we're talking about how you got Connor bedard through the draft lottery and maybe it all works out but even then do you want chuck fletcher leading the way to set up a team around Connor bedard to try and win i know i wouldn't then the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously, we just talked about the John Marino deal. They signed Drake Kajula, Josh Archibald, other depth, kept all their big guns, and added Jan Ruda, three-year deal of 275, thanks to Victor Hedman for that contract. Uh, and again, now they have that little bit of cap space. We'll see what happens with Kasperi Kapanen and company. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of what uh, ended up getting cut out of the show. Again, we apologize for that, but it was uh, completely out of our hands. But again, the big talking points here, I'd say the big teams to focus on, Nashville, Make a big splash, please. Now is a great chance. Uh, the Islanders and Flyers really need new direction. And the Ottawa Senators, big, big winners of the past couple of weeks. Let's get back to the rest of the show with all three of us here and ready to go. All right. So again, moving on from Philadelphia. We stay in Pennsylvania, though. Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, you know, Kajula, Archibald, other depth signings. Their big guy right now is Jan Ruda. Three years at just under $3 million, thanks to Victor Hedman for getting him that contract. Uh, they kept their big guns, though. They kept Malkin. They kept Latang. So pretty good for them on that front. They are technically over the cap by about 200 k which isn't that bad. Obviously, you can move people. But Kapanen is an RFA, which is why you're seeing all the uh, names like John Marino, Marcus Pedersen being thrown out there about potentially being moved. Uh, yeah. They have to move somebody in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but excellent job keeping keeping the guys that they kept. Like the Latang and Malkin deals are, are pretty damn good. I do think it's concerning though that we heard that Sidney Crosby really had to push for Malkin to stay. Like those, I think it, I think it was he had to push to get them to talk again. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, like it is, but also we all know how Malkin is. He's a fucking weird dude. Like <laughs> fair enough. I think that's the best way to put it. So Pittsburgh yeah. again, certainly not done with their off season. 
Which brings us to the San Jose Sharks. Now, we have talked about the Burns trade. Free agent signings so far. Role players, for the most part. Oscar Limblom, Billy, Nico Sturm, no relation to Marco. Matt Benning, Marcus Nudivara. They have $6.8 million in cap space with a bunch of RFAs to sign, none of whom will be overly expensive. I mean, Shemilevsky, Gadjevich, Gregor, Kunin, Lorenz, or Lawrence, Mario Ferraro, Capo Kakinen. So they won't have too much left over. But, yeah, in terms of, like, any big free agent plays, like, the, there's nothing there. Like, their big move was, hey, they got rid of Brent Burns, the majority of Brent Burns' contract. Yeah, what we're basically seeing is the new direction unfold. Um, yeah. Kind of what we expected throughout this offseason. Uh, yeah, again, I'm not happy with getting rid of Balsers at all. Um, I just, I didn't, like, it worried the shit out of me. Them essentially letting Darlene go and buying out Rudy Balsers, who they don't really get any sort of big buyout penalty for because he was under the age of 25 or whatever. Yeah. Um, still, it to me, though, those players are both pretty good anal- analytically. Balsers more. That worried the shit out of me because also the departure of Doug Wilson Jr., a very, very analytics-heavy draft guy, really worried me that the new regime was moving away from analytics. I was terrified there for a couple days. Like, absolutely. Hmm. Like, I didn't like the draft too much. And then to see Doug Wilson Jr. go and then to see them not, you know, keep around a couple guys who are pretty good analytically. Balsers especially. Especially good analytically. But Lindblom, Sturm, somehow Benning and Nudivara are all very, very good analytically. Mm-hmm. Not very, very good. Not incredible, but they're they're good. The like they, that's, that's, yes, those are solid players. And I'm like, okay, that makes me feel a bit better because I was very, very worried there for a while. So it's just essentially Greer doing what he needs to do to get the roster type that he wants to put together. Dumping Burns off, it had to happen eventually. That frees up a lot of options for us in the next couple of years, but especially this one with you know bringing in those type of players and yeah, having the money. The only the, the one there that it might be interesting to try to get signed is Ferraro. Mm-hmm. He's been playing in an elevated role, probably not where he should quite be. Not incredible analytically, but everyone loves how he plays, and he's he's one of those that Greer wants. Competitor works hard. You know, that that's what Greer has openly said, what he wants the direction to be. So, yeah, uh, Shemilevsky, very, very little. Gadjevich, fucking fourth line at best. Mm. Kunin's an interesting one. I, eh, the trade, eh, I don't know. It's just I don't kind know of if a I deal like that trade. With Ian John Leonard, it's it's right? a deal. Yeah, it's it's a deal. And. Leonard, unfortunately, didn't turn out to what we wanted to be. He looked, you know, promising at first, but he never could put it together. That man could not put the puck in the back of the net. Zero hmm. percent finishing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, Coonan is third line at best. Yeah. Like, at best, he's a fucking bottom sixer. Right. So. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a rough year for the Sharks, but if there was ever a time to have a rough year, it's going to be with this draft up ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But they're going to be a tough team to play against. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Seattle Kraken signing everybody underneath the sun to bolster the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, the big signings. Andre Burakovsky has mentioned five years of 5.5 million. Not too shabby. Martin Jones, one year, two million with a 10 team no trade clause. And Justin Schultz, two years, three million with a 10 team no trade clause. They have 9.8 million in space. RFA is Morgan Geeky, Cole Lind, 
So could they still land a big fish? Sure. But Ron Francis is my, what's the fucking SpongeBob meme? The inner workings of my mind are a, a fucking enigma yeah. or some shit like that. <laughs> like, the inner workings of my mind are an enigma. Thank you, Endo Mills. Uh, that That's Ron Francis to me. I'm sorry if that seems like a harsh comparison, but I who the fuck knows with this team? Like, as much as we talk about Vegas, there's just something in the water with expansion teams where it's just like, I can't tell what the fuck you're doing on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So we'll, They got Shane Wright. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, they got him signed, too. I didn't mention too many, you yeah, know, like, recently Shane drafted. Wright. Didn't really mention too many people who were recently drafted a good sign, but yeah, Shane Wright is signed, and uh, I'm sure he'll get a chance. The way the team. narrative changed on Shane Wright has been fucking hilarious. I love how quickly Montreal can go from hyping someone up to just absolutely shitting on them. It is admirable how how quickly that fan base shifts the narrative. Like, Kot Kanyemi, oh, he's good, he's good, he's gonna be great. Oh, well, you just traded for a fourth line, or Kot Kanyemi sucks, like. And then Shane Wright. Oh, clearly he has attitude problems. Clearly this, clearly Plays that. Too Look much at the other teams. Yeah. Oh like, holy God. shit, man. That's my like, best I, draft night tweet that was incredibly underrated. I was very salty. That didn't mm. take off. <laughs> like, if there's, if there's one thing about this that I'm pretty sure everyone forgot about is, remember how they treated Carey Price after he got sent down to the A? Mm. For one game. One game as like a conditioning stint. You played half the game and they called him washed, shit, terrible. And in the exact same goddamn season, you know what he did? He carried that fucking team to a Stanley Cup final. He lost still and was gone for a whole fucking year after that because he literally carried that team until he broke. I don't understand Habs fans. Like, you have something great. They're French. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) about it not jesus what's Christ. there like, to understand like, yeah. i don't get like, the language man like i get the language but just some of the the practices like god damn i want endo mills's thesis on why montreal is so difficult to understand i want a full report i mean you walk in there everything's fucking french so if you don't like you went to a fucking middle school that like spoke a little bit of french you're you're fine but if you didn't you're basically shit out of luck they look at you weird if you speak english at all and this is this is legitimately true by the way too and like i love like our quebec listeners or and our quebecois and the people who in montreal and no around that area. listens to this podcast anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had one rahil and then like i guess he kind of just like he went and started he his, his own. own show now so yeah. he got too big for us incredible uh, St. Louis, not much to talk about really quickly. Robert Thomas got an eight-year, $8 million extension. Josh Norris asked. Uh, they brought in Achari, Thomas Grice, some other depth. They signed Nick Letty to a four-year, $4 million per deal. Okay, that's that's a choice. Leaves them with $1 million in space <laughs> with uh, Mikola as an RFA that they have to sign. So they're pretty much done. And uh, I, man, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just the direction or lack thereof that the blues have had puzzling to me at this stage. Yeah. It's fuck them. They could burn. I don't care. Especially on to the next one. How competitive the West is. Uh, the yeah. Tampa Bay lightning first and foremost. I mean, free agency wasn't even really the highlight for them. It was re-signings. Eric Chernock, eight year extension, 5.2 million. Anthony Sorelli, eight year extension, 
6.25. Mikhail Sergachev, eight-year extension, 8.5 million. That's pretty high for Sergachev. Yes. Man. Like, really high yeah. for Sergachev. I think if you'd gotten him closer to the five, six million that, that Chernock got, that would be looked at a lot better. That's too yeah. much for Sergachev. The Sorelli deal, though, dare I say, is Bergeron-esque. He's so good defensively that if he can just find that extra offensive touch, that is going to be one of the most egregious steals of a contract in the league. Yeah. So I guess you can't afford to overpay Sergachev a little bit, given those circumstances. But yeah, that's definitely an overpayment. Yeah. From there, they they got Hayden Flurry, who I like. as like a third-pairing defenseman. But then they signed Ian Cole, one year, $3 million. And Vladislav Nemesnikov, one year at two and a half with a 20-team no-trade. <laughs> so they're slightly over the cap still, even once Seabrook's LTIR fits in. So they're pretty much done. I don't understand, though, if you're going to commit five and a half million dollars to Nemesnikov, fuck it, bring back Palat for the six million at that rate. Yeah, my viewpoint, at least, I don't understand Cole and Nemesnikov at those prices. I really, really don't. Um, yeah, a little weird. Especially Ian Cole, man. Is he, yeah, he's physical, though. Yeah, he's he's not huge, but he's physical. And there yep. you go. That's enough. And with that, it's Endo Mills. Time to shine. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Who have signed a lot of depth. Nicholas Obey-Kubel, the dropper of the cup. At 1.1, or one year, one mil. Kyle Yarncroke, today, four years at 2.1 million. That's good. And, and, and that's a very good contract for Jan Kroak. That's fantastic. And then Ilya Samsonov at one year, 1.8. Yeah, four them. years is trippy to me, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I guess the term drove down the number. That leaves Toronto, and I had to double-check the number, with 700 k to sign Rasmus Sandin and Pierre Engvall. So 100 million percent, there are more moves coming. Like, some of the money that could have been used for those two re-signings was just used to bring in Callie Arncroke. Yeah, I see some some weird cap wizardry coming out. I, I don't know what Dubas is going to do, um, but he's going to do something and pull it out of his ass, uh, as he has for the past, like, couple while. Yarncroke, um, like, Samsonov basically... one is... You can go have a Samsung. I was going to say Yarncroke just basically replaces Ilya Mikheyev. Yeah. It's basically replacing it for half the price. Mm. I don't see any issue of bringing it. I'm going to miss Ilya because he was just that good of a penalty killer. And like half of his goals were on the PK. And every time mm. that I wanted to see him play, he scored on the on the penalty kill. Great guy. Um, Samsonov is great because he finally gets to go to a team that needs a goaltender. And isn't really clogging up that kind of thing over there with um, what's it called? Uh, Washington. Um, it'll be a different market to play in for sure for both him and for Murray. Uh, I, I think the team's going to eat him alive. I think, no, the team's going to be fine. I think the fans are going to eat him alive though. Unfortunately. Uh, Ave Kubel, this is what you get for uh, dropping the cup. You come to Toronto instead. We'll and... never touch it again. But you'll never have another opportunity to do so. Hey, listen, you play 10 minutes from the Hockey Hall of Fame. If you want to go look at the cup, just walk over there. Now, there are a lot of people discussing whether or not Jake Muzzin could be LTIR'd, and that would open up the space for Sandine and Engvall. 
at the same time, if Jake Muzzin's out, that opens up a whole new crop of issues for this Leafs team because that's uh, that's an yeah. important guy. Even if he's not playing at the heights he once was, that's an important fucking player for them. Yep. So yeah, a big a big shot blocker, the big defensive guy. I don't know what the Leafs are gonna do in terms of everything else because they don't have any room for more players unless they make a trade to free up cap space. But again, like I said way before, in terms of the Leafs, the league knows that the Leafs are up at the cap, obviously. I don't know if anyone's going to scratch any backs unless you're, I don't know, giving something up in return. And I don't. I think we finally have a first-round pick. I mean, we yeah. had one this round, but we traded it so we can get the we can get our guy in like the 38th pick instead. So, like, I don't know if we're going to even use that first round because Dubas loves trading it like it's candy hmm. like, should. Like yeah like he should be trading that shit if you're looking to win sin to round out toronto your thoughts on matt murray and Ilya samsonov being their goaltending tandem yeah thank you um lol how the fuck do you let Campbell walk and get murray for like almost the same price yeah i mean to be fair campbell's the play term? campbell's play in the in like those games was not good sure but also murray is not good and hasn't been but the sioux connection i'm, hey, I'm have you considered you. the sioux greyhounds yeah yes have you I considered like the toronto sioux gray leafs saint marie yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, we we talked about Ilya Mikheyev. We can switch over to Vancouver now. Uh, he signed with the Canucks four years at just under five million bucks per, which is hefty. Curtis Lazar, Bruins legend, three years, one million dollars per there, and they also signed some depth. They have about a million dollars in cap space after Michael Ferlin goes on LTIR. So there's really nobody. There's nobody left to sign for them. They're pretty much done. Um, I don't know. You know, you talk about the continued evolution of the team. Is uh, is it enough with Mikheyev and Lazar and still having all those JT Miller rumors? Like, is that enough? I mean, with the full season of Bruce at the helm, I'm not sure. The Canucks should be looking to make the playoffs. I don't understand the whole, oh, yeah, let's trade JT Miller thing at all, though, personally. Um, I can't imagine a return that, that makes you better now when you kind of want to be better now because that team should at least be a playoff team. Yeah. If they're not in the Pacific Division this year, they're fucking up, like, hardcore. Like, you have to be a playoff team by this point. Yeah. I mean, especially, too, like, I don't know what the, the leash will be for Bruce because it doesn't seem like Alvin really wanted to bring him back initially because he's not the one that hired him in the first place. Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to jump ahead to Washington. Because let's be honest, there's a team oh. on here. There's a team on here that should be the main event. And the main event of this podcast should be Sin talking about this team, right? So let's all talk right, about Washington right. really quickly. We talked about the Connor Brown trade. Great pickup for them. Darcy Kemper, five years, just over five million. Dylan Strom, one year at three and a half. That's a fucking steal. And then some depth signings. But they are currently $6 million over the cap, according to Cap Friendly. Nobody to sign in terms of RFAs, but there's no obvious LTIR choice. I don't I don't know what they do at six million dollars over the cap. That's it's fucking bonkers. I don't know how that happened. The Dylan Strom deal's really good. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's very inexpensive, and I'm a little upset that the Sharks weren't able to grab him. Yeah. But that one again was a lot of room for you know the other guys that we had. Right. But yes, how the fuck are they six mil over the cap, man? So you look at their cap friendly currently, and again, it's very surprising that they're listed as six million over the cap. And hey, if that's a mistake, blame them. But they don't really make mistakes. So, I mean, obviously, like goaltending about six three five between Kemper and Lindgren. Um, I mean, defensively, Carlson makes eight. Orloff makes five point one. No other defender makes over two and a half. Uh, it's just forward wise, Ovi at nine and a half, nine point two for Backstrom, five one for Wilson, uh, almost three million for Carl Hagelin, Kuznetsov seven point eight, Oshi and Mantha both closer to six million than five. Mm. The extra three and a half from Connor Brown and three and a half from Strom, like it just adds up. Like they have too yeah. much of a good thing, which could put them in an interesting position here for teams that might miss out on the free agents that they're looking to get. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'll be curious to see what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah. Cause that's six mil over the cap is, is like, that's, that's, you know, trading patch already for future considerations territory. Yes. <laughs> and then the Winnipeg jets, uh, only depth signings. They have 15.3 million to sign Dubois, Appleton and Harkins. So they could be in on a big fish, but the direction of the team, I mean, it, it's almost close to, it's almost close to Philadelphia. With Winnipeg right now, it's like, are you going to tear it down or are you still going to try to stay strong? Like, they don't seem to have that direction. Yeah. (laughs) Line A, (laughs) back to Winnipeg. Who says no? Yeah. For future considerations. Um Yeah. I I would love I would love to see them just Nah, offer sheeting would be a terrible idea because they'd give up all those picks and if they suck, they're fucked. But I would like to, I don't know, take take a crack at it. Get, get, get line a back that'd be hilarious after winnipeg fucking shit on him for Alaska. what is it with canadian teams just absolutely shitting on every single former player that's a cultural thing up there y'all y'all care too much <laughs> buyers or sellers remorse i guess like y'all amazing. like y'all just cannot handle the fact that like a former player could still be good it's so trippy yeah. you gotta you gotta it's like it's like you know the people who can't accept that they're their favorite political person might be a piece of shit i just refuse to acknowledge that a mistake could have been made anyway yeah. let's go reminds let's go. me let's of all um, right come on um, come on give it to me give it to me <laughs> hurry up endo i want to talk about vegas oh okay i need to take a shit and they're <laughs> and they're, they're they're looking prime they got a big old target on of, them uh, i was gonna say it reminds me of everyone asking for rhymer back on the leaves and meanwhile it's like you guys hated him why the fuck do you want him back like, go. I hate I hate when fucking fan bases do that. Oh, this guy's terrible. Like literally like three days, three years later. I want him back. He's great now. He's great. He's terrible. And then they yeah. come back and he's the exact same shape he was before. Like, hmm. ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Endo Mills at Endo Mills Twitter, Twitch. You can follow me everywhere. Tuggy twenty four. Sin is at Sin FTW Prod or Sin FTW Productions, depending on the platform. Are we just skipping Vegas? No. I am going to oh, give oh. you the floor, sir. As the you were Vegas doing the sign-off. I was fucking scared. The Vegas Golden right. Knights to recap their moves. Max mm-hmm. Pacioretty trade. They re-signed Riley Smith. Three years of $5 million and some depth. After you know, after the Weber LTIR, they have about $6 million to sign Nick Haig, um, Nick Waugh, and Keegan Colasar. So they might be done, but you never know with these clowns is how yeah. I was going to 
sign off there. Endo's got the popcorn. I'm going to sit back and relax. Sim for the win. You're back on the show for the first time in over a month, and you get to talk about Vegas to end the show. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Mickey Mouse fucking franchise. All right. Patch you ready. You, you gave him away for free. That's hilarious, number one. Um, number two, I have been saying this will happen for three years. Three years I've been tr- I've been talking to Vegas and being like, you guys are going to go into a rebuild if you keep managing this team like that. Um, not only that, you're not going to be able to sign these stars if you keep treating your players like that. And what I mean by it, it's 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 baffling to me that this franchise is being run. I guess it's not. I guess it's not baffling that's being run like a fucking casino, but it is like, what the hell? There's no, there's no way on earth that you get that you're that you get rid of your best goal scorer for for literally nothing. There's no way on earth you get rid of an elite goaltender for nothing. There's no way on earth you get rid of your best prospect. And it wasn't for nothing, but at, actually now it is because you got rid of Patch Ready for nothing. Therefore, Suzuki went for three years of yeah, almost nothing. Um, Haig, Law, Colasar, they should be able to fit under six mil. They still have so many gaps. You just lost your best fucking goal score. You kept Riley Smith over him. Lol. <laughs> March is still on that roster. I would say lol, but he'd come after me and say that I need to be sucking mommy's titty or something like that. Um, very French. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought I'd be a lot funnier than this, but I'm still jet lagged shit. Um, but it's just Vegas. Vegas is, is a fucking clown clown shoes organization, Mickey mouse franchise. And this is what they deserve. And I'm the, the most vindicating part of, of, of all of this was last year. Whenever, when the whole league finally understood Vegas is hot garbage. And now even more vindicating when I'm seeing so many of their fans be like, what the hell are we doing? I've been told you what you're doing, motherfuckers. Lick my left nut only. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening to another edition of the Tukey Steak Podcast. Starting next week, we're going to be moving on to our one per week format through the rest of the offseason because there won't be as much to talk about. I'd like to imagine by the time we have another show that Nazem Kadri will have signed somewhere, hopefully with Nashville. Where will Patrick Line be? Who knows? And again, we kind of talked about a lot of teams still have a lot of things to decide. We thank you for listening again. Code to get manscaped.com. And we will see you next week. <laughs>